That isn't going to do you any good, Kirk. This project is ruined, and Starfleet is going to hear about it. And when they do, they will have a board of inquiry, and they will roast you alive. Yes, and I am going to be there, Kirk, to enjoy every minute of it. Yes, until that board of inquiry, I'm still a captain. And as captain, I want two things done. First, find Cyrano Jones, and second... Close that door. Program complete. Enter when ready. It was like... Every time they'd come into the room, there'd be more... Kirk's like, we gotta get these off the ship. Like, you got it, sir. Then he'd come back in and it'd be like, even more. And he'd be like, what, what, why are they still here? And they're like, oh, I don't know. No idea. <laughs> well, now they're in my food and I don't like it. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. And then at the very end, Scotty's like, oh yeah, I just teleported them all off the ship. <laughs> Hold that. <laughs> Why didn't we do that? Well, Long want, time. <laughs> you don't want to start a war. <laughs> Risk. Risk is our business. Battle. was founded to seek out new life. Well, there it sits. Rock and roll! Six. We're not afraid of diversity. We don't persecute it. We embrace it. At least I won't die alone. All right, welcome back to another Re-Trek review where we cover Star Trek Weekly. And this week we are covering the original series episode, The Trouble with Tribbles. Yay. Yay. It is episode 15, but for us it's episode 13. It originally aired December 29th, 1967. It was written by David Gerald. I think his was kind of like one of those type of episodes where like somebody else like wrote it and then like Gene Roddenberry or like producers like bought it. Weird. So rather than being in like a in the writer's room, I think this guy wrote and then they just like he was a writer and they just bought his story and then like produced it. It was directed by Joseph Pevney, who we've heard his name before. He's directed Arena, The City on the Edge of Forever, Amok Time. So we've heard his heard his name before. The synopsis for The Trouble with Tribbles is the Enterprise is overrun by furry creatures while tangling with Klingons, <laughs> Klingons <laughs> and bureaucrats. <laughs> Uh, well, before we continue, we'll now ask Caleb, what did he think of the episode? It wasn't what I expected, that's for sure. I thought the whole episode was was about like the triples, and I I just always assumed that it was like they they had like a strange 
like creature come aboard and that just kept like breeding like like that but uh i didn't expect it to be like a full like story underneath gotcha yeah with like yeah, that, klingons like, and a star base were... and this whole thing yeah yeah like the triples were like a b part of the story right yeah but other than that i i don't know i enjoyed it i thought it was pretty good i think these are some of the laziest klingons that we've seen uh yeah as far as like design and everything, I think they're pretty like, yeah, pretty lame in my opinion. <laughs> it's very clear they just are the guys with like facial hair glued onto them. Yeah, they just had beards, you know. Yeah, the last time we saw them, you know, they had like the eyebrow things, yeah. and they were more. Yeah, yeah. So this was these were pretty pretty lame. It is it is and... a really sad thing that. As as like funny and as like iconic as this episode is, like you end up looking back at it, like you know, go forward and Klingons become Klingons and all that stuff, and then you look back at this episode and you're just like, like man, they're not really like anything like Klingons. Like they, no. obviously that one scene is very like Klingon, and that's fine, but that's like the only scene that like I don't know that like still, yeah. Like kind of holds on to their, to their thing. It's very funny watching this and then seeing like, like why, like wondering why they took such a drastic jump in the future with Klingons. Like why, why did Klingons become what they are from the original series? Yeah, I think I think it's because they really wanted to to make Romulans and Klingons because these are like reoccurring things. So like Romulans and Klingons are reoccurring villains. Like so far every like every episode you watch, it's a it's like every episode is a different villain character. But you have just a couple of things that like they repeat. And I think that they wanted to really differentiate between the two major reoccurring villains. Because yeah. like you were saying, it's like okay, Romulans have look like Vulcans, but they're just mean. And then you have Klingons who look like humans; they just have facial hair. And you're like, well, let's let's probably like let's do some more work here. Let's pull these things apart more. Yeah, and as many things, I think too, one of the biggest reasons for the change is because same with like George Lucas now having more money and more like skills and mm. opportunities. It's like once they had made motion pictures and they had a big, a bigger budget, they were like, well now put these on their head and do this to them and make them be like this and dress them like this. Cause they have yeah. money. So you're saying that the Klingons we have now were all part of Gene Roddenberry's original vision. It's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. It's just funny. It's just funny going from like, even this episode for me is the the Klingons are way different than the last time we saw them. Absolutely. And it's like, wow, they really take a lot of like drastic changes with, with Klingons. Yeah. Like within the same series, you know? Yeah. It'll be funny because this isn't like the last time you'll see them, and I think even then they change even again. Mm. Yeah, that's funny. It might have been a thing too, where 
they they wrote the Klingons to be a little more softer so that they didn't have like they had a more like pliable story to go with rather than I think we're going I think we're going the right way and doing the right thing but every time we go to advance like the Klingons are so aggressive and so mean and so awful that it's like they can't progress through the story that naturally as they would like yeah yeah it's funny that the Klingons in this episode they just wanted to go on shore leave you know right like, yeah, Captain, we're so tired of being in space. We just want to go to sleep. Yeah. I need all your grain. <laughs> <laughs> we we got, I think, we got a new subscriber, but YouTube doesn't notify me for all the subscribers that, like, uh. it doesn't give me names, so my number just goes up and I don't actually see names. Yeah, it'll tell you, it'll tell you next week what... Yeah, right. But just a little bit ago, like a half an hour ago, this uh, uh, a user called the Tired Time Lord hmm. wrote on our Muck Time, uh, commented on our Muck Time video, and he said, I just found your channel. Good content. He says, I do short 10 to 15 minute videos. I just started making them. And I also use the clip from the cable guy during my general review of the original series, noting a muck time for having a soundtrack that lives on in the culture past the initial run. He says, love your intro. Keep up the good work. Cool. So, I appreciate his comment, but I also, I think, I, I think he subscribed, but you know, it doesn't notify me. So, cause my number went up and he made that comment. So I would assume he subscribed. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So that was a nice, comment of somebody enjoying the podcast yeah that is funny he is right that like that that original like battle yeah music has like stuck around in like pop culture for a long time absolutely that music is like everywhere anytime there's like <laughs> <laughs> that i mean that's what you do that's what even me who like has yeah. not grew up watching a ton of star trek even like when you know, yeah, stuff would happen. That's always my go-to is that battle music. Two best friends. <laughs> I have to do this, Steven. <laughs> I have to fight you, Steven. Silence of the lambs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I still really like the Jefferson Airplane part where he sings somebody to love the karaoke thing. Oh, you're easy. <laughs> yeah, you're that's right. gonna be a good one. <laughs> this, is the, this is the teaser. The USS Enterprise is en route to Deep Space Station K7 for assistance with an important assignment regarding a disputed planet. One parsec from the nearest Klingon outpost. Close enough to smell them, as Chekhov puts it. The post is near Sherman's planet, which is claimed by both sides. In the Enterprise briefing room, Captain James T. Kirk, Commander Spock, and Ensign Pavel Chekhov review the area's history. 23 years after the inconclusive Battle of Donatu V, the Organian Peace Treaty is set to grant control of Sherman's planet to the party that can demonstrate it can develop the planet's resources most efficiently. So now you got a full 
a full taste of Chekhov being. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's been he's been such a side character this season. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this thing opens up with like them in a de- debriefing room and they're talking like philosophy and history with Chekhov. And I was like, what? I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand why this is happening. Giving him some legs. Yeah. I just like the fact that every time they said something, he just referred it back to like, well, that's a Russian invention or a Russian thing. Yeah, and his Russian accent's a little exceptional. Is that what you're gonna Yeah, say? very, very well. Yeah. Very, very good accent. Yeah. He definitely doesn't sound like when we're like doing the freight train thing. No, I I feel like ours is better. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, Captain Kirk. That is very good. Do you remember Captain Kirk's the <laughs> he's very like very bad. Yeah. He slips into like Scottish and Irish, and yes. but we get um, the Arganians mention again. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a, just an interesting, an interesting opener where all they're, they're just like trying to learn about this area and asking Chekhov, and then he constantly keeps cutting back to. And I just like how uh, Kirk was always just like, "Oh, really? Oh, that's it's very fascinating." <laughs> And then Spock would, like, correct him. That was my favorite. Yeah. Lieutenant Uhura reports from the bridge that K-7 has issued a Code 1 alert, which signals that it is under attack. Kirk orders a speed increase to warp factor 6, while Uhura initiates a red alert. The Enterprise arrives at maximum warp, ready for a fight, only to find no battle. Beaming over with Spock, Kirk demands an explanation from station manager Lurie but is told he is ordered to do so by Nils Barris, a Federation undersecretary in charge of the Sherman's Planet Development Project. Barris and his aide, Arne Darwin, fear that the Klingons might try to sabotage the Federation's best hope to win control of the planet, a high-yield grain known as Quadrotriticale, the only Earth grain that will grow on the planet. Tons of the grain are stored on the station, and Barris demands from Kirk security and protection. Kirk still believes they have misused the Priority One designation, but assigns only two guards to the station and allows shore leave for the Enterprise crew. Another one of your excellent favorite uh, guys, bureaucratic guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Kirk. it's like I, I didn't overly like the guy, but also... I felt like Kirk was very overly did not like the guy for kind of no reason. <laughs> like he was very, yeah. At I some think... point, he was very even when even when Starfleet was like, "Hey, so we want you to do this is very important." He's like, "Ah, oh, what a joke! What a freaking joke!" This is. <laughs> I was like, "I'm like, okay, all right." <laughs> yeah, he really hated it for for kind of like for a little reason, but like not a, not enough to like make sense. I think the, I get the very beginning when he's like, "That's not a priority one." Right, right, you know, exactly. Like you, you, you could have, you could have worded it differently. You know, you didn't have to send us here at full warp for, right. You know, we thought you were under attack, and we get here, and you want us to guard your grain. Like, give me a break, man. Right. Yeah, but then after yeah. that, he he just hates it. Yeah, <laughs> he just hated being there. 
The thing that I didn't understand the whole episode okay. is they kept talking about this grain. Oh, we got to guard this grain and get it to this planet, get it to this planet. And the whole episode, it just, they just stayed on the star base. Yeah, I think they were waiting for another ship to come and like take it and bring it to the planet. I feel like the Enterprise could have done that. Probably. Right. I feel like that could have been their role is like, okay, if we have the manpower and we can guard it, so load it on board and we'll get it to the planet and that'll be the end of our mission. Right. We don't need to stay here at the base and wait for a shuttle. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that I thought was interesting. Yeah, they don't really at great length explain like why the Enterprise can't really do that but I, I i do think that was the the thing they were waiting for yeah yeah it's oh, really well, that funny. makes that makes more sense i just yeah i was just gonna say i thought i just i really liked i think this was kind of like the best acting of all the people like all of the like character acting was really good like everybody mm-hmm. kind of got like their little moments and i really i thought it was really decent of like how Kirk comes off and he's mad and then he's like he's basically like gonna leave and doesn't he's just like I don't care about anything about this grain I'm leaving and then Spock's like well Captain like it is important to the Federation and like you know we probably should do something about it and he's just like "Ah, okay and then he agrees to do you know put, put guards on it and then and then the guy's mad at him and all this stuff. I don't know. I just, I liked Shatner's and I liked everybody's like acting in this episode. Yeah. No, I did too. I, there's lots of parts of this episode that I really did enjoy. And there's a few characters in this episode I really don't, I don't <laughs> care if we ever see again. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand. I also like he's like, he, when he dumps the little like cup into his hand and he's like, Oh, wheat. And they're like, it's not wheat, Captain. It's this quadratriticaline. And he's like, okay. And then he's like, I wouldn't even expect you, uh, you to know, Captain, are you Commander Spock? And he starts talking about it. And then Spock's just uh-huh. like, okay, settle down. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Here's all the information I know about this. I don't think you were on it. Yeah, I don't think you were on that RPG night, but um, Mike ends up saying the he ends up saying the line that Kirk says in this in this scene. Really, he says, uh, "Yeah." He tells the teller his character Arhat tells the tellerite. He says, "Never once have I questioned the intelligence of a Star Federation representative." And then he and then he says, "Until now." I'm trying to remember exactly what he says. He says, I have never questioned the orders or the intelligence of any representative oh, of the yeah. Federation. And then he walks away and he turns around and says, until then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's what Mike Mike ends up doing to the Tellarite merchant. Not this week's, but the other, the other week's episode. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah, Kirk was a little witty and... Uh... This oh, very, very, very much so. I think I like witty, like sarc, like sarcastic, like 
annoyed with other people Kirk more than any other Kirk. To be yeah, honest. I think so too. The scene in this where <laughs> the, the tribbles are falling out of the, the roof. Oh, yeah. And he's just got this like, I wish I was dead face. <laughs> yeah. And that guy's still talking and he's like, I'm going to, I literally am going to put you in, like, I'm going to cuff you and put you in the thing if you don't shut up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am so sick to death of everything that's happening on this space station. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. A hundred. Very good. Very yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's the great thing about this, except for the, the very end that I have an issue with, but like everything yeah. it nicely pays off like very nicely. He's like, I don't understand, Spock, why everybody wants this wheat. What is he's like, does everybody just know about this thing? He's like, why don't I? Yeah. He's like, what, what's the yeah. fascination with it? I'm like, oh no, I know about it because it's a Russian, it's, it has yeah. a Russian origin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I go, like, oh my god, yeah, here why don't you go so... sit back on uh, navigation? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it says, I'm leaving Uhura and Chekhov meet a dealer named Cyrano Jones, who is trying to wholesale to the skeptical bartender various rare galactic items, among them spike and flame gems and furry little creatures that Jones calls tribbles. While they bicker over the price, Chekhov notices a tribble has eaten a quadratrudocranine sample left on the bar, and Uhura is enchanted by it. Jones gives the triple to Uhura, a move the bartender claims will ruin the market, but Jones claims will help spur more sales. Back on the Enterprise, Kirk receives an order from Starfleet Admiral Fitzpatrick to render any or all aid that Barris may require. The Admiral informs Kirk that the safety of the grain, as well as the project, is the captain's responsibility. Kirk is exasperated and just then learns from Uhura that a Klingon battlecruiser has arrived within 100 kilometers of K-7. Kirk orders the ship to go to Red Alert and for Lurie to be notified. Lurie, however, discounts a possible attack as the Klingon's ship Captain Koloth and his first officer Korax are sitting in his office. Kirk orders the Red Alert canceled. Yeah, he did. It's like I love that scene because it's like he's he's like now he's mad at Starfleet and then he's like oh my god like this couldn't get any worse and then Uhura's like hey so there's a um thing on Star Cruiser and he's like oh my god and then he calls the guy the the space station and he's like no I don't think they are here to like cause any problems so like well how would you possibly know and he's like um. Because they're sitting in my office. <laughs> like the camera like pans out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, they're yeah, definitely that's... not gonna cause any problems, right? Like Yeah. Like they got a blade to his neck. <laughs> Tell him and Kirk just immediately ready. like, oh my god. All right, cancel. Cancel <laughs> red alert. Yeah. So you must have really liked Cyrano Jones then. Oh, he's such a yeah. He's a really bad character, in my opinion. The bartender, too. Him and the bartender. Oh. No, thank you. It's one of those What things a stupid that... idiot. Like, what a stupid business model. He he <laughs> thinks he's going to sell these tribbles. He's like, well, then uh, uh, then I'll sell the next one even, even for even more money. And it'll be this huge market. It's like, 
dude, they literally like they literally don't stop like breeding. Like right. nobody will ever have to buy one ever again. Like, right. do you, you you know that? But why do you not? Yeah. Why do you not know that? <laughs> and of course, it was Ohura that brought yeah. it on. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's how beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things that, like, the interaction between Jones and the bartender is like, it's it, it, that type of thing, that type of like interaction, and those type of like people, the like, the acting changes, but like that is very Star Trek, where it's like mm-hmm. they introduce this character that you're like partially annoyed with, or like just they're like, oh boy, here's a guy who's like. He's, you know, he's greedy or he's, uh, I don't know, he's just, he's not like a really lovable character. And then he's like trying to pass one over on like, you know, some unsuspecting person or somebody who yeah. just, uh, you know, it has to deal with him because of his business or whatever. It's a very yeah. like reoccurring thing. Cyrano Jones doesn't appear again in, uh, in live action, but. Oh, but yeah. So when he first when he first showed up with that bartender scene, it's it's whatever. Yeah, he's this he's this crazy merchant guy, right, right. And like I didn't have a problem with him then, but it's just like he just keeps, yeah, showing back up. <laughs> and then when Starfleet or when the Enterprise is like questioning him on stuff, he's still like, "Oh, well, I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> I have no idea about anything." Yeah, it's like okay, dude. Like, answer the question, or you're going to prison. Like, I don't know. What. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah, it's funny. No, I don't know. I don't know why it's going to take him 17 years to get all the tribbles off the space station. Either that's space a pretty long. Huge. Yeah, but you couldn't you couldn't possibly you couldn't possibly put a number on that. Because like they're going to keep like reproducing while yeah. you're clearing them. Well it could be it could be a thing where Spock anticipated how long it the would production take. Yeah, like he's 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 factoring in reproduction and also him having to sleep and eat and like you know, do normal daily functions and then also continuously like clear <laughs> them off the it's ridiculous. Also, <laughs> and also the other thing that makes it challenging is that, you know, in the future, like we've we have uh we don't have the need for like buckets or like bins or anything anymore. No. So you have to carry everything in your arms or your yeah. your whatever your kind of weird pouches. jacket thing he was wearing. Yeah. yeah. No, no. That's what I kept saying. Every time they were like picking up tribbles, I was like, "Get a, get a box or something, man!" Like, <laughs> like we gotta yeah, get no. these things off the ship. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 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 uh, can't, can't do that. No, you have to carry one at a time. Buckets and apple crates are a thing of the past. No need for them. Just like pockets. 
<laughs> Only <laughs> merchants have pockets. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Filthy yeah. merchants. Yep. What are you, some kind of disgusting merchant with all those pockets? <laughs> oh, I know what you are, sir. Kirk beams over with Spock, and the Klingons assert their rights to shore leave under the terms of the Organian Treaty. Kirk reluctantly accedes, but le- sets limits of 12 at a time, with one guard from the Enterprise for each Klingon soldier. In the recreation room aboard the Enterprise, Uhura's Tribble gives birth to a litter. The sounds the Tribbles make seem to have a soothing effect on humans. Dr. McCoy takes one of the offspring to study it. Meanwhile, Kirk argues with Barris about the adequacy of the security Kirk is providing until Kirk claims he is getting a headache. Going to sickbay for treatment, Kirk sees that McCoy's Tribble has also produced a litter. McCoy reports that almost 50% of their metabolism is geared towards reproduction. So yeah, he goes over and immediately I was like, I was like, there's no way Caleb's not going to know that this, 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 this Klingon is the actor who played Trelane. When immediately yeah. Kirk comes off, he's like, well, hello, Captain Kirk. And I was like, okay. Oh, well, if it isn't the, <laughs> the wonderful Captain Kirk. Yeah. Yeah, I was like immediately like, that's that. That's that child alien guy. That's that child man. (laughs) I knew you weren't going to probably really think about part of me was like, I wonder if he's going to sort of think and wonder (laughs) that he was playing a role. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, he had a beard. Yeah, true. Totally different. (laughs) Which means he's a Klingon. Yeah. Also, (laughs) things like felicitations and things like that. That's a funny recast. Yeah, it really is, to be honest. I like that, yeah. It is funny to me that it took Spock and Bones the entire episode to figure out, like, oh, so these things breed if you feed them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. really? It's like, the whole, it's like every time we feed them. More pop up. I don't know. I don't think it's related. I don't think it's related. <laughs> no. He I finally came in because he comes at the end. He's like, "Don't feed him." I just found out that. You... <laughs> like, dude. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I already put that together. <laughs> yeah. What was the other episode that was like very, very much like that? What was the other episode? Mm. Um, Where there was a big reveal at the end that was like, oh yeah, it was the um, the Denevan like neural parasite like mm. the whole episode like mccoy's like i don't i don't understand these things i don't get them i don't understand how they work and then at the very end it's like oh uv ray light hurts them. oh right and it's like oh okay and then he well that explains him. why they were all indoors constantly <laughs> that's like then they blind spock and he's like oh i didn't have to blind spock. oh yeah very, it's a very like repeat of the same theme where it's like, listen, I don't know how these things work, but I'm gonna keep looking at them. And then it's like, well, there's they do a lot of weird things, but I don't really know. And then at the very end, he's like, I figured it out. And it's like, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now figure out. <laughs> yeah, because when they're all dead from eating the grain, Kirk's like, I need you to figure out like what killed these things. And he's like, I don't even know how these things function. <laughs> the only thing I, I I wasn't sure if you felt the same way 
but I was a little disappointed that uh, when Kirk goes to the sick bay and he says to Bones he has a headache. Yeah. And Bones is like, oh, let me guess, it's the Klingons. No, 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 it's Barris. And he's like, yeah, both. And then he's like, okay. And he reaches over and he gets like a little thing and he gives him like essentially like a little white tablet, like a white pill. Yeah. And I was just like, I was a little disappointed that in that in Star Trek they didn't do something slightly different than what we do in our modern life, which is yeah. like, I have a headache. I'm going to take some white pills. And it's like, I really was hoping he would be like, oh, here you go, Captain, and then like inject him with something or I, I don't know, just something more futuristic looking. Yeah. It's because even in the future, a headache is not anything <laughs> too serious. You can just take an Advil. <laughs> <laughs> So if Advil as a company is still flourishing in the future, that's good to know. Yeah. But now yeah, they don't make any money because money is irrelevant. Yeah, right. Yeah, but even though everybody's talking about credits this whole episode. Yeah, outside of the Federation, though. Clearly, Cyrano Jones has nothing to do with the Federation. Yeah, so the Federation has no money. and They don't use money for anything. But then if you go outside the Federation, you can't buy anything because you have no money. <laughs> I think it's a weird oh, thing. A I don't know if they touch touch on it in TOS here, but I know going forward, like basically, and it's kind of a neat concept. Um, is like the Federation has access to like all the all that credit, all of the credits, mm. like, the, like the ones that they have access to, dude, from the feder like from species and stuff. Like they just have them. So all these, all of these, um species and like characters who are like really hyper obsessed with like money and credits and all these things it's like the federation can just go give it to them like it's not they don't care because it's like they're not they're not surrounded by or or have high importance on these things so they'll be like starfleet officers will be like at bars or at locations and it'll be like oh you want this thing it's like well that'll be you know five bars of latinum and they're just like okay here, here you go. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, nobody ever exchanged credits in this episode. Yeah, it, but the I think the only thing I can say to it, and I agree, no, I don't. Nobody did, but I think I think the scene where he's he's selling, trying to sell it to Ahura and possibly Chekhov. They don't really, neither one of them really balk at the fact that this guy is like charging credits. They're just like, okay, mm-hmm. like how much would you charge? How much would you charge for it? And he's like, oh, I would charge 10 credits. And they're not like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do that. They're just kind of like, okay, they don't really care because 10 credits is, not, I, I think that's kind of like the undertone of what they're implying. Because then he just ends up giving it to her for free. Yeah. But I, I think. I think there's a moment there where he gets told she gets told the the amount and doesn't go like what it's like she's just yeah like <laughs> like ten credits wasn't a lot basically right yeah I watched your recap build video and mm. uh, I think about that part where you were talking about Starfield again like making the credits and I was thinking oh I wonder if when we get that far in Star Trek if he'll start building other space money <laughs> probably. <laughs> Kirk tells crew members beaming over to shore leave on K7 to avoid trouble with the Klingons. Montgomery Scott declines shore leave, but Kirk, concerned for him getting too wrapped up in his technical journals, 
orders him over to keep an eye on the others and enjoy himself. At the bar aboard K-7, Jones tries to sell more Tribbles. The Enterprise crew aren't interested, and the Tribbles and the Klingons react to one another with loud hostility. The bartender is uninterested in more Tribbles either. The one he acquired earlier is already multiplying. Korax starts insulting the Enterprise crew, first by comparing the humans to regular bloodworms. He then tries to provoke Chekhov by repeatedly insulting Kirk, but Scott restrains Chekhov. Korax then turns his attention to Scott by insulting the Enterprise itself, first calling it a garbage scow, then just garbage, provoking Scott to punch Korax in the face and start a brawl between the two groups. The barman retreats and Jones dispenses himself some drinks in in his absence. Security officers from the Enterprise arrest the brawlers and restore order, and shore leave for both ships is canceled. So, other than the merchant doing ballet, holding drinks through the bar in the in the scene. Oh yeah, this is like the best scene of the episode. <laughs> Easily, yeah. I would say it competes yeah. with one other scene, but but only by a little. But yeah, this is a hundred percent like yeah. <clears throat> Well, especially if you're a fan of Scotty, this is yeah. Uh, yeah. I just I love how <laughs> Chekhov is like immediately wanting to fight this guy because he said horrible things about Kirk. You know? Yeah, yeah. And Scotty's like, "You, we can take a few licks here and there. It doesn't no, no <laughs> big deal. You know, we're men. We're men. We don't. Yeah, they're just woods. He's like, everyone's entitled to an opinion. It's like, it's yeah. Like, yeah. And then he's like, everybody knows the Enterprise is a hunk of junk. And he's like, you want to rephrase that, Sonny? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, no, yeah. What I meant is that it is junk and it needs to be hauled to a garbage. <laughs> like, well, that's it. I'm not going to sit here and take this anymore. <laughs> I'm loving it. Yeah. Loved it. Could you, yeah. could before it happened, could you tell like it was building to that or no? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You really could. Cause it's like, you knew as soon as he said something about the ship, he, Scotty was going to be, oh no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hear you talk bad about the ship. You can talk bad about the captain all day. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. 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 No, Kirk. Yeah. Kirk's a piece of crap. I, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. So I was watching this and Adri, walked into the living room and was like saw this part was come it was like building towards the scene and she was like oh man caleb's gonna like this part and i said <laughs> yeah she goes yeah she goes you know all this funny uh scott stuff and you know and scott's like scotty's like uh he goes now sit down laddie drink your drink and he hands him like a new thing and we're laughing and then all of a sudden when the scene happens and after after the Klingon says no it is garbage and it should be hauled away the most Klingon moment of of the episode right like this is truly more Klingon than anything and uh, Adri said Scotty he turns and he slowly stands up and then like turns and looks at the Klingon and he just decks him and she yeah. said, she goes, oh, yeah, that was a, a decision. That wasn't like, she goes, everything after that, I was getting caught up in the moment. She says, but yeah. that that was a, he was oh, like, oh, yeah, nah, I'm doing this thing. <laughs> because the whole time he could have, he could have said, no, I, I shouldn't do this. Yeah. But he was very deliberate. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was really good. 
it was really good. And then, you know, we'll get to it, but the the part where he's t- talking to Kirk about what, what happened, is, that was my other favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot, too, and the, they don't mention it in the thing, but earlier when Kirk comes into the recreation room when they first see all the tribbles at the thing and Uhura gives the tribbles away, she's like, it's okay, you can take them, it's fine. Is Scotty at the door and he's reading, he's looking at the computer. And oh, yeah. Kirk comes over and he like leans and looks at the computer and he goes, oh, more technical journals, Scotty? And he's like, oh, yes. And he's like, hey, hey Scotty, like, I, you know, like, why aren't, why don't you go relax or something like that? He's like, I am relaxing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that pays off. It pays off again. Yeah, you know, yeah. when he gets punished, he's like, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want, because he didn't want to go on shore leave in the first place. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Scotty, Scotty just keeps getting better, by the way. He just keeps getting better. So, yeah. yeah. He's kind of like, he's kind of like what I modeled like uh, Clark to be. Okay. Just very much cares about the ship. And even in his downtime, he's working on the ship and reading stuff about the ship. Yeah. He's definitely, so. I, I always feel like Clark, your character is like a mix between Trip and Scotty. Yeah. When you look at somebody like Scotty and you look at somebody like Trip, like Connor Trenier had like really big boots to fill because mm-hmm. going forward, like the other engineers had their own thing. Like they had their own um, pizzazz. Like Jordy has the visor and um, there's a couple other mm-hmm. characters going forward that like they have their own thing. So it's like even if they're not as funny or as interesting or as like complex as other characters like it's like oh well this character is a you know is like a Vulcan or something and it's like so it's like you're now seeing a different you know a different species like deal with this thing but you know yeah Trip is just a guy he's just like Scotty he's not there's nothing special about him right and so they give mm-hmm. him the southern accent and they make you know it's like he has a very similar thing to Scotty and I think uh yeah did a really good job like yeah i i love i those to me those two trip and scotty are like in the same yeah like field you couldn't i couldn't put one above the other right right and then you know remember like i i really i really like like hammer oh yeah hammer too yeah he was really good but you can think about it like hammer he's in he's in a a, a nanar so yeah nanar or whatever and it's like his his thing is like yes he's a good character and he's well written but like he also has like a I don't want to say a gimmick but he has like a thing that keeps him interesting it's like well he's yeah. telepathic and he's blind and it's like he has all these other additives that make him like a naturally yeah. interesting character but when you look at Scott and Trip it's like they're just humans with accents like that's it like there's nothing yeah so it's like it's cool that both of these guys James Doohan for Scotty and Connor Trenier for Trip are like they build their own they build their own thing that makes them like super unique, like characters. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure Trip was kind of modeled after Scotty because even though, oh, yeah. even though Trip technically was the first, right, player, right, you right. know, because I I really think that they are similar in the way that like they both really care about like the ship and they really understand like how the mechanics of everything works yeah. and yeah. they just want to make sure the ship is always like in like top functioning you know right that's what you want that's what you want an engineer you don't want an uh, engineer yeah. that like yeah 
I don't know. Like I don't know why the, we're not getting all the power out of this. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you want uh, you definitely want an engineer who can let his hair down a little bit, but you also want him to be like pretty obsessed with making the ship run as efficiently as possible. The only difference is that Trip loved shore leave. Right, right, <laughs> right. Those were different reasons. Though. I mean, he was a southern, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we're at the halfway part of the episode. So go down to the comment section and write. Scotty too hottie. <laughs> Scotty Tucker. Scotty Tucker. <laughs> All right. Kirk interrogates the crew involved in the brawl, but none are forthcoming about who started it. Kirk orders that they are all confined to quarters until he determines who started the brawl. After Kirk dismisses his officers, Scott confesses to Kirk in private that he started the fight after Korax insulted them recalling some of the more colorful examples. Kirk <laughs> presses further and is perplexed to find that Scott didn't start fighting until Korax insulted the Enterprise, but realizes it was due to an engineer's sensitivities. Kirk restricts Scott to quarters, to which Scott happily complies, anticipating time off to catch up on his journals. In sickbay, <laughs> Spock and McCoy have a characteristic debate on the aesthetics and utility of triples. Spock, in particular, notes to McCoy their one redeeming characteristic. They do not talk too much. The question soon attracts Kirk's attention. There are tribbles all over the bridge, including one in his chair. McCoy reports this is because they are born pregnant and are swamping the ship with their rampant reproduction. Kirk orders Uhura to call for Jones to be detained on K-7 and to get these tribbles off the bridge. Yeah. So these were great. These were like all three were pretty great scenes. Yeah. The the Scotty though, Scotty and Kirk. <laughs> everybody's kind of like, you know, they're not going to they're not going to yeah, you know, ream Scotty in. They're going to all say like, "Oh, I don't know. I have no idea what happened down there, Captain." <laughs> yeah. So then Kirk's talking to him as like, you know, he he was in charge, basically. Like, you were supposed to like watch these guys. Why did you not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, Oh, that's because um that's because I started the fight, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. You, Scotty, you <laughs> well, they were saying some pretty horrible things, Captain. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, okay. That, he's like, Well, that must have been a pretty big insult for for you to throw throw hands, you know. Oh, you wouldn't believe it, Captain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that even when he's like telling him all this horrible things they said about Kirk, and he's like, Oh, okay, is that it? He's like, Oh no, Captain. Then they went on to say that you were and he's like, I I got it. I got it. I don't need any more. <laughs> right, right, right. And he's like, So then you punch him? He's like, Oh no, sir. I said we were reasonable men and we could take a few licks here and there. And he's like, So what made you he's like, Oh, he said the Enterprise was a piece of junk <laughs> like so you you hit him when he was talking about the enterprise but, okay all right i got you, got you. <laughs> yeah 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 and then being like super happy to like oh i can catch up on my journals finally yeah yeah oh that's all he wanted to do in the first place yeah i like that they all I, have, like yeah. painted on bruises and stuff too yeah <laughs> yeah I do like going back to that like scene where you could they go in the you know the cafeteria there and like 
Ohura and all these people are just gathered around all these tribbles and Scotty, he's just looking at his computer and he's just like, <laughs> he's so happy to be staring at, you know, reading the stuff. <laughs> Could care less about anything else that's going on in that room. You know? Doesn't care at all. Yep. Yeah, it's super funny. Because especially that, too, he, sa- he says, yeah, and Chekhov wanted to fight him, but I held him back. He's like, oh, Chekhov won and started the fight. And he's like, no, 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 he didn't. <laughs> he didn't do that. And he's just like, oh. No. No, Chekhov wanted to defend your honor, but I kept telling him. Mm-mm. And that part, there's that, there's that part, <laughs> which is what is what makes the him saying the Enterprise thing the best is when Kirk is starting to believe that as Scotty is like relaying that the Klingon was really insulting to him, like to the captain. He, you yeah. can see on Kirk's face, he's like, "Oh, oh, okay." Like he's more, he's like happy, like yeah, that's. Yeah. Shouldn't have done it, but I get it. You got to defend your captain, you know. You yeah. And he's like, oh, no, I don't care about what they said about you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. He's like, we're just humans, right? We can. It's fine. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a great scene. Because even in that bar fight scene, too, Scotty, he's he's talking about, he's making fun of, um, he's making fun of vodka. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh yeah, no, you have to drink scotch. That's a man's. That's a man's drink." He calls it like milk or whatever, right? When yeah, he's like, "That's just milk. <laughs> you got to drink scotch." <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah. So then, what is what is McCoy? McCoy says something at first, like, "Yeah, these these tribbles are." Oh, he you just know, whatever. He, he remarks that the tribbles are like. Like Spock opens up and is like, I don't like these things are pointless. Like they serve no purpose. And McCoy yeah. is like basically like, well, how dare you? Of course they serve a purpose. They're nice to look at and like they're fun and like we like them. And he's just like, yeah, yeah I get it. And he's like, well, you wouldn't understand Spock because that. And he's like, get trust me, I understand. I'm around a humans a lot. I understand you guys like to like basically humanize things like that. I get it, but they're still like they have no purpose. And then I think McCoy says, so he says something like there's something like he likes, he likes them more than he likes Spock yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. He likes them. Yeah. And then Spock's like, Spock's well, you know like, what? Yeah, no, no, I like them too. You know why? Cause they don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> and then he leaves. Yeah. He just but the, the scene earlier with Spock, I, I thought was very funny as he comes in the room and he's holding a triple. Oh yeah, and he's the like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand these things at all. And he's like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, no, of course. He's like, oh, these things seem to seem to like calm humans, but of course, like that wouldn't, that yeah. wouldn't happen to me because my bulk. And then he realizes that he's like holding and petting one, and then he has to be like, yeah, he, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. It's funny too how some of them like move. Yes. I don't. Is that in the original or is that? Oh is yeah. That like no, we'll re- get into it. Yeah, we get into okay. it. You'll like it. I was gonna tell you like this would this is the episode I would hate to be the prop prop I master. Totally I a hundred percent thought of you when Kirk and Spock come into the transporter room to go to K seven. Mm-hmm to deal with Cyrano Jones. Yeah. Like at the end of the scene and he comes into the transporter room and they're just everywhere. 
and he's trying not to, Kirk is trying not to step on him and he gets up to the transporter room and they're all over the thing and he's just like okay like just energize like just do it and I thought of you not in the fact of Kirk being frustrated it was more of like the amount of tribbles that this prop these prop people had to make and put and like their different designs and just their different sizes yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it, to the point too where uh, last time, last week, on our thing, you said like next time we're doing trouble tribbles. So I was like, oh man, all right, I'm gonna make a couple tribbles. I got like this funny idea for this bit, you know? Right. And I looked up a couple videos, like kind of make, and I was just like, nah, <laughs> no, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to do that. Yeah. So then, you know, then watching the episode, I was just like, oh, my God, there's so many of them. And so, like, obviously, there's scenes where, you know, obviously, they're going to gather all yeah. of them and put them all in one room, you know, for certain scenes. Right. But still, it's just like, oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Totally. I mean, when they all fall out of the ceiling, I mean, that that is yeah. like... Well, it's clear they probably built all of those, like made all of those, and then just used that pile to like put them on places and stuff, you know. Yeah, but the thing when they go into the bar, the bartender is like covered in them too. He's like, well, that scene too earlier, right? When he's like, "Yeah, triples, huh? Triples, really? Okay. Yeah, oh yeah, probably... these things are gonna double in value, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just keeps pulling them out, and then the other thing too is like every time they kept like transporting from the ship to the space station they kept bringing more with them and then back and forth like they just kept bringing they just kept bringing yeah. stuff like all over the place they kept contaminating everything yeah and they never once thought like oh man i wonder if these things are getting like the vents <laughs> no i i doubt it how would they get that. vents? no yeah the thing that also was funny was that um, when Kirk comes onto the bridge at the end of this scene we mentioned is he comes on and, and then he's like, he has this kind of face like, oh, <laughs> tribbles. And he's walking down and there's like triples by Uhura station. And then there's ones like on the, on the like uh, railing. The railing, bridge. yeah. And he's like, oh, and he obviously can see all the ones that like are on the navigation council. And then he sits down and uh -huh. then that one's in his seat. And then he's just like, forget this right like because he sits on one he immediately like 180s on it and he walks around and he sees more over here and more over here and he takes the one from check off like give me that you're not having that and then you see you look over at Kurt, uh, spock and spock's got like six of them on his council and he's just like okay i'm done with this like we're done get these things off the bridge yeah just, it is funny his, his initial like onto the bridge is like Oh, triples! Well, <laughs> yeah, what's that hand? What was that hand gesture he does when he walks on the bridge? He's like, "Nice." nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just made me laugh. I was like, "Man, it was very funny." Being in the captain's chair, he did not like that. No. No. Well, that's yeah. That's his. That's his love right there. That the captain's chair. That's now you've gone too far. I don't care if it takes every man in the ship. I want him off. I don't want him on the ship anymore. Get him off. He's like, if a girl find me Jones, I want him detained. And get these tribbles off the I planet. Will. 
<laughs> I want him agonized. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even at the end, though, too, because he's like, "Oh, Scotty, you didn't, you didn't just launch him into space, did you?" Yeah. And he's like, "Oh no, sir." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? That would be inhuman. <laughs> that would be terrible. On K7, Spock berates Jones for removing Tribbles from their natural predators and letting them overbreed. Jones counters with excuses and insists that at least at six credits each, they're making him money. Then Bears confronts Kirk on the insufficient security detail for the Quadrotriticale. Barris claims Jones is quite probably a Klingon agent, but Kirk is unconvinced by the evidence and finds that Jones has done no worse than disrupt activities on K-7, which is not unprecedented. Sometimes all they need is a title, Mr. Barris. Kirk pointedly concludes, and he and Spock return to the Enterprise. Back on board, the Tribble problem has worsened. Kirk can't even get a meal as the Tribbles have gotten into the food synthesizers. Scott reports that the Tribbles are circulating through the Enterprise ventilation ducts, ending up in machinery all throughout the ship. Spock points out that there are comparable ducts aboard K-7 that lead to the grain storage tanks. Realizing the implication, Kirk orders all the Tribbles removed from the Enterprise and rushes to K-7, gaining access to one of the storage compartments. But when he opens the overhead door, an avalanche of Tribbles buries him. He takes such an offense to that thing being in his coffee. That was like my favorite. My coffee, Spock. It's yeah. in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> my chicken sandwich in my coffee. Yeah. It was so like, oh man. I think this is the line the line I said where he's like, I don't care how many men it takes. I want him off the ship. Like when he's got and he's holding the triple in his cup. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. That's why I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you and I are on the same page, Kirk. Like, if that thing was in my coffee, I would be like, all right, get the flamethrowers out. This is over. We're doing this. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, the scene when he opens up the ceiling, that is, like, the classic scene or gif that I've seen from this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they all fall out of the cabinet, you know? Yeah. And William Shatner's acting in that scene is just so... Yeah. You just can tell. You just feel like he is just so over the whole situation. Everything. The star base, the grain, the tribbles, the Klingons, that, you know, the guy bossing around. He's just done. He's just. <laughs> I have had enough of everything. <laughs> the guy's still talking, like, while all they're all falling. He's like, I told you this was, and this is your fault. I'm going to hold you. And he's just like, oh. <laughs> If you don't shut up. <laughs> and so that's why that's why like when you find out that the Klingon guy is his secretary, it's Kirk is so Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. He loves it. Loves it. He really does love it. Oh, that's right. There's two things I wanted to talk to you about if you see if you caught it. The first okay. one was when the Klingons and the and the Starfleet officers are fighting in the in the bar. There's a couple shots when they're like like they're choking each other or punching each other, or struggling like on the table. And there's like a couple of like random bar patrons against the wall. Oh, and they're just like, ooh, oh, 
<laughs> Ooh, they're just watching. They're not like fighting or anything. They're just making these faces like grimacing, like, oh. Ooh. And that made me laugh. I just for whatever reason focused on this one guy in this one shot. He was just like, oh, oh. <laughs> like it's just... <laughs> I did that. I did that. And the second one was when okay, so Kirk's had it up to here with the tribbles, and he's like, get him off the ship. And he goes over to the and he has the tray and he's going over to the the thing to tell her to get have Cyrano Jones detained and they're going to K7. He like shoves the tray into like the lady's face. And she like oh. kind of like, reacts like, oh, and she like takes it because he like puts it right in her face and she takes it from him. And then something else happens. I think maybe he gives her the coffee or she takes the coffee from him or something. But she's like sitting down next to the computer. And she he just oh, like interesting. He just like gives her all of her stuff, like I don't care about this, and he talks, and he just like walks away, and she's like stuck with his food. <laughs> it was really funny. Like basically, from the the bar fight, like the start of the bar fight scene, and like continuously all the way through, it's like now really good. Like the episode really gets like really really funny and yeah. interesting, and like it's enjoyable to watch. Not that the first part wasn't enjoyable, but it just like you. You get excited to watch the next scene. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's like, well, they definitely gotten into the machinery. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Scotty walks out. He's holding like 10 of them. He's like, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're all inside the mechanic works, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny because he was confined to quarters. So how yeah. does he. Right. It's like, how did he know? It's clearly somebody in the engine room was like, please come down. He's like, well, I'm confined. He's like, I think there's tribbles everywhere. And he's like, oh, yeah. God. He's like, they're eating the wires, sir. He's like, so what if I'm confined? I can't have the Enterprise be damaged. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's funny. All right. So now it's time for trivia. This script, one of Star Trek's most popular, was David Gerald's first professional sale ever. His working title for the episode was A Fuzzy Thing Happened to Me. And writer producer <laughs> Gene L. Kuhn did heavy rewrites on the final version of the script. Wow. That could be the title of like a puberty book in school. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> how, funny, how funny is that title, though? That's a good, that's a good title. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember the. Marvel one shot called a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that's when I read that. I was thinking a fuzzy thing happened to me on the way to Thor's hammer. <laughs> <laughs> or a fuzzy thing happened to me on the way to K seven. Uh yeah, the triples funny. were originally to have been called fuzzies, but the name was felt to be too close to a book called Little Fuzzy. Other names considered by David Gerald were Shaggies, Goonies, and Puffles, as well as a dozen other unknown names. Uh, while the episode was in production, Gene Roddenberry noticed that the story was similar to Robert Heinlein's novel The Rolling Stones, which featured the Martian flat cats. Too late, he called Heinlein to apologize and avoid a possible lawsuit, Hylene was very understanding and was satisfied with a simple Mia culpa by Roddenberry, which like admitted default. 
George Takei, Akira Sulu, does not appear in the episode. For much, for much of the second season, he was filming the Green Berets. Many scenes written for Takei were switched over to Walter Koenig. Hmm. Who plays Chekhov? Um, William Shatner recalled the great enjoyment all the cast had filming this episode. He noted, the trouble we had with Tribbles was to keep your straight your your straight face. It was just a lot of fun. That's funny. Uh, Guy Raymond, the bartender, who also played a bartender in beer commercials during the 60s, in which he commented on the strange occurrences in his bar. So he was like an inside joke. <laughs> oh. James Doohan insisted on doing his own stunts in the barroom brawl. This is one of the few episodes in which Doohan's missing right middle finger lost due to injuries sustained during the invasion of Normandy in World War II is apparent. It can also be noted as he carries a large bundle of tribbles to Captain Kirk, complaining that, that they've infested engineering. Oh, Scotty has a missing... Yeah, yeah, he has a missing right middle finger. Wow, I've never, I've never noticed. Over. I'll have to go back and look, because I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't either. All right, Wa Chang designed the original tribbles. Hundreds were sewn together during production using pieces of extra-long rolls of carpet. Some of them had mechanical toys placed in them so they could walk around. The original tribbles became sought-after collector's items and quickly disappeared from the prop department. According to Gerald, 500 tribbles were constructed for the episode, and the tribble maker Jacqueline Cumier was paid $350. Oh, my God. They make 500 of them? Well, that was probably a little bit more money then, right? Yeah. In a 2016 interview, Christopher Dewan, the, the son of J uh, James Dewan, Scotty, recalls being on set during the production of the episode. My father would bring would often bring my brother and I along with him to set when the show was shooting. Chris recalled he would park us in the shuttlecraft and tell us to stay put. Of course, staying put is a difficult assignment for seven-year-old twin boys, and one day they couldn't resist leaving the confines of the shuttle and going where no child had gone before. As it happened, the day they chose coincided with the shooting of The Trouble with Tribbles, one of the series' stranger and enduringly popular episodes. Chris and his brother, Montgomery, crept around the set, keeping away from the act of shooting until they came to three tall cabinets with doors just out of reach. We were curious to know what was inside, Chris recalls, so my brother got on my shoulders and slid the cabinet open. Instantly, more than 200 tribbles came tumbling out, burying, nearly burying us. Not only did it scare us, but we knew we, were in, we would be in big trouble if Dad or anyone else found out. So we rushed back to the shuttle. Five minutes later, Dad appeared and praised us for being so well-behaved. 30 years later, Chris mustered up the courage to tell his dad the real story. And he got mad at me, Chris said with a bemused shake of the head. It was like it had just happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so they must have just thought that like the, the door just opened on its own. Or just... Yeah. That's so funny. That's really funny that 
I thought what you were going to say is like they came in and saw that and they thought it was really funny and that's why they ended up having that happen to Kirk. Oh, in the episode. yeah. So how funny is it that, that that happened, but also like they did that on their own? <laughs> yeah. During production of the buried in Tribble scene, it took up to eight takes to get the avalanche of Tribbles to fall just right. Gerald wrote in The Trouble with Tribbles, if Captain Kirk looks just a little harried in that shot, it's not accidental. Having Tribbles dropped on you eight times in one day is not a happy experience. <laughs> the Tribbles kept falling out of the hatch because members of the production crew had no direct line of sight with William Shatner during the filming of the scene and could not tell when there were enough Tribbles. A barrier in the set separated them from the storage compartment, which was filled with prop Tribbles. In order to set up the avalanche scene, crew members kept throwing Tribbles over the wall to ensure that the bin remained as full as possible. When the compartment was empty, these Tribbles fell, then fell onto Shatner's head as the crew tossed them one by one. Near the end of the scene, a perplexed Shatner, already chest-deep in Tribbles, could clearly be seen turning his head toward the wall behind him, wondering when the prop men will stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I totally knew. I could totally see that. Like after, So after doing like the set tour, you could just tell in the scene, like people were just kept like <laughs> throwing Tribbles like through the hole. In the yeah. Ceiling. Yeah. And I think that made that scene so much better because like as he was talking, he'd get like hit in the head. Oh yeah. And he'd just be like <sighs> <laughs> Yeah. According to David Gerald's the world of Star Trek, triple props were misplaced about the set and were being found for several months after the production of the episode. William Campbell, who played Koloth, took some of the 500 Tribbles home, throwing about 40 of them into a plastic bag and giving them away to neighborhood kids. So I think the only last thing to say is I'm pretty sure that Phlox has a Tribble, right? In an episode? I thought so, yeah. Yeah. All right, that was trivia. Now let's get into the last part and conclude the review. Kirk finally climbs out of the pile of Tribbles, a population Spock estimates at 1,771,561. And Spock discovers that they are gorged on the grain. Barris claims Kirk's orders have turned the project into a disaster and that he will call for a Starfleet board of inquiry against Kirk. I like how when he Spock says like the number, he's like, uh, yeah. It's like based yeah. off of this happening and this happening and this happening, this most likely would be how many triples are in, are in the thing. Yeah, what did he say? Like a million something? Yeah. Yeah. Like a little under like two million triples. Wow. But Spock and McCoy notice that many of the triples in the pile are dead or dying. Kirk orders McCoy to find out why they died, though McCoy protests that he has that he doesn't yet know what keeps them alive. Kirk assembles all the principals in Lurie's office. Koloth demands that Kirk issue an official apology to the Klingon High Command, though Barris says that would give the Klingons the wedge they need to claim Sherman's planet. Koloth also asks that the Tribbles be removed from the room. The guards do so, but they pass Darvin, at which point the Tribbles shriek as they just did around the Klingons. 
With his medical tricorder, McCoy reveals Darwin to be a Klingon. He poisoned the grain with a virus that prevents its victim from absorbing nutrients, which is how the Tribbles died. They starved to death. In a storage compartment full of grain, they starved to death, Kirk summarizes. Darwin is arrested. The Klingons are ordered out of the Federation out of Federation territory within the next six hours. And Kirk says he could learn to like triples. This is a funny thing. Because Koloth and Korax are like basically just white dudes with like facial hair glued to their chin, it's not really shocking that like Darwin is that when he like he just has his beard shaved off and it's like he's a Klingon agent? Oh my, right? Yeah, right. But now you have to think about it fl- going forward because McCoy scans him and it's like, oh, well, he has different medical things. But now you go forward and it's like, well, the Klingons have all of these things, like you know, because Worf has all of these amazing attributes of being a Klingon, and Klingons are very dramatic and very different, and so. Now, going forward, what Star Trek ends up doing is like, well, this is a thing that can happen. Like, Klingons can basically perform, like, cosmetic surgery on themselves. Like, have doctors alter their appearance to look like humans. Mm -hmm. And they go from this concept of he shaves off his facial hair to... Uh, you're like doing full body reconstruction, reconstruction, <laughs> and to the point to to the fi- the larger point is this happens in Star Trek Discovery. They have the main a main character called I don't remember what his name is, but he's he's like this this particular Klingon, and they want him to infiltrate. Uh, Starfleet and like do all these things like he's kind of like the Winter Soldier like basically he's a sleeper agent oh. for them but he's a he's a crazy looking Klingon he's one of the, like the hyper crazy ones that Discovery makes where they don't look like any of the Klingons were normal to like not even in Strange New Worlds those ones that they show in that one episode like they're dramatically different and then they want you to believe they do all this reconstructive surgery, and now he just looks like a random guy. Right. It's just a funny thing that, like, some of the other shows uh, go a little too far with to make it be like, well, he's a Klingon agent that looks like a human. It's like, I get that Star Trek did it, but it feels like going forward doing that, it's like a pretty big leap. Yeah, because like you said, it's literally just like he doesn't have a, a goatee. Maybe that's too. Maybe that's why they made these Klingons in this. Um, yeah, a true. little bit less, like, like obvious. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's bronze with like pointy eyebrows, but he doesn't have the facial hair, and it'd be like, who's this guy? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're probably right. It probably was one of the reasons why they did that. Funny. I think Worf goes on to say stuff about Tribbles, too, eventually when we get there, so. It's funny that, you know, that's what fans do with stuff. It's like, you can't just have it be like a reference. It has to be, 
it has to fit in and make sense like yeah. story wise. Right. Because it's like you could just have a triple in like on a desk in a different show and just be like, oh yeah, that's a cool callback. But like you don't have to make it into this whole yeah like backstory and history of like how did that get there and right. And like what I think they I think they go on to explain like why triples and Klingons hate each other. Like they give more backstory. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, what you'll, know that. you know what you'll like though. So in Star Trek Online, you can get triples, right? Triples are yeah. a thing you can obtain in the game. And there are uh three really cool things about them. Number one is when you give them to your your uh like away team, like your uh the bridge officers and you yeah. put them in their inventory when they're stationary and not doing anything, they will take them out and pet them and they'll make the cooing noise and yeah. um, it'll give them like a, I think it regenerates their health like very slowly if they're like injured. That's so that's really cool. It gives them like benefits. Secondly, you can pick up food in the game, like random food. Yeah. Like enemies will just drop, and, and and the food is like a healing item, but they'll drop like drinks and candy bars and just random food from Star Trek. But if you have tribbles tribbles in your inventory, what'll happen is another tribble will appear in your inventory where the food is. Oh, so man. if you have a lot of food in your inventory, like more, you'll have suddenly a lot of tribbles in your inventory, which is kind of cool. <laughs> That's fine. But you got to have at least one already in there when when it starts. And thirdly, probably the best is you can have Klingon bridge officers and you can play as Klingons. And if you're a Klingon and you take a triple out, it screeches and he goes and the Klingon goes like, ah, and he like puts it back in his pocket. He doesn't like pet it. So it's pretty good. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Here's the last part. In K7's bar, Kirk and Spock then give Jones a choice. 20 years in a rehabilitation colony for transporting a harmful species or pick up every triple on the station, which Spock calculates would take 17.9 years. Jones accepts the latter. Back aboard the Enterprise, Kirk is happy to find the ship has been swept clean of triples, and asks Spock, McCoy, and Scott how they did it. They all deflect Kirk's question until Scott reluctantly replies that before the Klingons went into warp, he beamed all of them into their engine room. Where there'll be no triple at all, the crew share a good long laugh at this. So no. funny. Yeah, so this was the only part of the episode that I think is really stupid. Is, yeah. Okay, they're on the ship, it's a problem. To me, if Cyrano Jones is picking them up and who knows what he's doing with them, it's like beam them onto the station and give Cyrano Jones more work. Like put him in 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 like compartments or whatever. Like yeah, right. Have him, have him deal with it. Well, that's to what I thought. Yeah, yeah. To literally beam them uh, over to the Klingons in their engine room, where the Klingons clearly hate them. Like they're probably literally going to kill them all, just murder them. Uh-huh. It's not like they're all going to be friends with these things. It's like Scotty literally beamed them into the engine room to a death sentence. <laughs> And yeah, it's, like, it's ah. also it's also not only it's not just like a funny prank. It's like that could be right. That could be viewed as like an act of war. Right. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Uh, totally. 
Yeah, that was a little. Yeah, that's the only like honestly, that's the only thing I don't like about the episode is I like the whole like they're passing the buck thing, like they don't want to answer Kirk. Because there's a scene yeah. where he says, "That was funny." Well, he goes, uh, "Bones." He says, uh, "What happened?" He goes, "Oh, don't." I didn't do anything. He says, you'll have to ask Scott. And Scotty's like, well, it wasn't my idea. It was Spock's idea. And he's like, well, of course. Yes. Spock, what happened to the triples? And Spock's like, well, you know, it was a really thing. But, uh, you know, Scott did the engineering. It was really Scott who did it. And then he's like, uh, okay. He's like, okay, Scott. Where are <laughs> the triples? <laughs> yeah. And that yeah. part I like. But then once he reveals what happened, I was like, no, that's so stupid. Yeah, I don't I don't like them being on the Klingon ship, you know. Yeah. Cuz like you say he has that reaction of like, "Oh, you didn't you didn't just launch him into space." And he's like, "No, right. of course not." But you still gave him a death sentence. Right. Yeah. What do you think's going to happen with the Klingons are going to do? They're going to kill him and eat him or just they're going to beam him into space. They're like, going to launch him into space, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do Everybody's favorite part where we ask Caleb, what does he think? And he gives all the beautiful trophies. Caleb. 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 So, Caleb, who gets the Erica Ortega's award for being most unlikable? That's going to be the merchant. Ooh, the merchant. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I just, I really don't like him. I don't like his jacket. I don't like the cut of his jib. <laughs> I don't like that he's pawning off tribble. You know his ship is like full of tribbles. Yeah. And his master plan is like, I'm just going to sell one of these at a time until they're gone. Yeah. Like, seriously. And I like how he was really careful to always say, well, one little triple captain isn't a problem. And it's like, and then Kirk's like, yeah, of course he's not, you moron. Look at that. Yeah, especially when they're in the bar and yeah. it's just like there's just triples everywhere. And he's like, well, they're not harmful. <laughs> uh, I really like that he got a 17 year sentence. Yeah. And it was either like, hey, so you can go to like um, Starfleet prison for 20 years. <laughs> or you can clean every triple off this ship. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, I'll just do that. How long is that going to take? And Spock's like, eh, it'll take you 17 and a half years. It's like, ooh, two and a half years short. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Can you imagine being the, the Starfleet member, like Federation members who have to return to the case to make sure he's still doing it? Like every six months or a year to make sure he's picking him up for 17 yeah, and how do you, years. And how do you prove, you know? It's true. He's, he's like, you know, there was 100 in here yesterday. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but now there's a thousand. Well, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> that is the trouble. There has Trips. to be at least a solid week where the bartender just keeps feeding him to just make his life a little, make Sarano Jones's life a little harder. No, what's what's going to happen is everybody on the space station is going to die because there's going to be no food left on. The space oh station. no! <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Like, and they're just going to keep getting more food shipments and they're just gonna keep eating it and eating it and they're all just gonna die i wish uh i wish our rpg took place closer to this time so that i could have you guys visit k7 like while this is happening like while Sierno jones is cleaning it <laughs> oh man and then be like have john be like hey can i get a 
cheeseburger, and it's like no. Now the triple is on the cheeseburgers. <laughs> no, we only serve triple boogies these days. <laughs> All right, who gets the Elizabeth Cutler Award for being most forgettable? Sulu, yeah, that's it. Most forgettable was Sulu, yeah. Because <laughs> he wasn't in the episode. Not even there. He wasn't sitting there? He wasn't sitting at the comms when nope. Scotty was in? No. Nope. Hmm. Oh, my. <laughs> he probably would have been like, oh, I like all of these. <laughs> oh, fuzzy tribbles. <laughs> you play um, too many games. <laughs> what did they, they say to her last episode? Oh, you take too many chances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, who gets the Trip Tucker Award for being the MVP? It's probably Kirk anyway, just because he he put up with the most. You know, he <laughs> okay. he had to deal with all the stuff at the same time. He had to deal with Tribbles and the Klingons and the space station and yeah, the he had to deal with all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, so Kirk. <laughs> He didn't crack under the pressure. Yeah. All right. Who, what gets the Shran Award for being the best action sequence? The bar fight scene. Yeah. Is the best action sequence. Yeah. Don't you think you want to rephrase that, laddie? <laughs> drink your drink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What gets the NX Award for some sweet ship stuff? I liked, honestly, I like seeing the space station. Okay. Well, there you go. I, you know what? I almost wondered. I almost texted you last night when I was watching it. I almost texted you and was like, do I see a 3D printed or foam K7 space station being made soon? Like, that's what I... <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, it was cool seeing the space station. Because um, I don't think we've really seen... You don't really, yeah. You don't Like get a, a freestanding space station. Right. And you know what else was, was cool was there's a specific shot inside the space station where he's on... Yeah comms with kirk and you can see the enterprise in the window yeah like in the back yeah so that's kind of cool seeing like he's talking to him way over there but they're out and they're on the ship way out in space and yeah his window i like that there is in the original non-remastered version it it is a static image but fans always said well that's because the space station and the enterprise are rotating at the same speed but now in the remastered thing mm. it shows the enterprise like actually moving just to give it more yeah. life yeah oh i would have i would just would have assumed that they were just both stationary mm. like mm. parked you know just parked out in space yeah it definitely does happens... the space station have to turn to create the gravitational yeah inside yeah 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 it's definitely a thing yeah. where later when they do like i mean that's not really a spoiler. Like Deep Space Nine is a space station, so it's like they show a lot in the show, like ships docked mm-hmm. at it. So that's kind of like a thing that ends up being like it's a very, very every time they cut to like an exterior shot, especially when they're not like fighting bad guys. It's like there's always random ships like docked at the at the thing. So yeah, it's cool. I I actually like it too. It it it's one of those things where it makes space feel more alive and it's like for the 60s show to simply have a a crazy looking like interestingly shaped space station with both the klingon ship and the enterprise like 
rotating around it, it just immediately makes it feel like, oh yeah, like this is a thing. Like this is a this is a normal space is big and fancy and like there's yeah. more going on here than just the enterprise is going to a planet and they they're like, oh something terrible is happening and then the enterprise goes to another planet. You know, it's like make space come alive. Yeah, I like that. And what gets the Porthos Award for being the cheesiest thing of the episode? I think the bartender is pretty cheesy. Okay. As soon as there was like signs of trouble, he like sprints out of there like, oh, oh. which I thought was a little little weak. But also that scene specifically too, where he's like, like you said, like it was funny in the moment, but it went on way too way long. Way too long. Where yeah. he's just like, here's a triple, <laughs> here's a triple, here's like we we after three we got it. Right. But it was just like triple, triple, triple. <laughs> it's like, okay, I got it. Got it. I got the concept. Yeah. And it just went on. I agree. And on and on and on and on. And then right when you were like, okay, it kept going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah All right. I thought that I thought that was cheesy. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. All right, and finally, what gets the Enterprise Award for being the best scene of the episode? I think because of the sake of the episode was about Tribbles, I think I'll go with Kirk getting buried. Just okay. because his Shatner in that scene was so good to me. Like, I really felt, I really felt his, like, just... <laughs> somebody just put a phaser in my mouth. <laughs> I, you know, I really felt that. So, yeah. yeah, I like that scene. That's my favorite scene of the episode. Okay, cool. All right, well, that concludes what Caleb thought of the episode, so go on down to the comment section and write what you thought of the episode. Do you have a trouble with Tribbles? Can you not resist this episode? Or do you hate Tribbles? Do you got a different kind of trouble with Tribbles? And you hate them? Let us know. I got a few Tribbles. I got a few Tribbles. My Tribble Tribbles, I don't have any. I like how they're all different colors. Yeah. That was fun. That's funny that they were carpet. I would never have pictured that they were carpet. Yeah, I, I, I didn't either, but I I guess they were like really shaggy carpet pieces. Yeah. All mm. right. Next week's episode is going to be an interesting episode. I think Caleb is going to start to see some characters and species he hasn't seen yet, or at Ooh. least in a while. So next week's episode is Journey to Babel. Ooh. So that'll be next week's episode. Um, as always, if you like the video, like it. If you disliked it, dislike it. Share it with all your friends and family and Trek enthusiasts. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and ring that bell for notifications so you don't miss any other episode on the channel like Star Trek History or the RPG. And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you. Rate and review. Do all that great stuff. And as always, you can go over to Caleb's channel. Yeah, it's great. Caleb just put out a couple videos recapping all of 2023. Um, I encourage you to watch both of them. And then on top of it, once you've watched those two episodes, go watch every video that he put out for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, in classic, so classic nerd hole style, we did a recap of all the reviews that we did and that you know yeah. that took us like an hour and a half to talk about so <laughs> meanwhile i recapped all of the builds i did and that took me about uh 20 minutes so 
yeah yep well we couldn't i couldn't resist talking about things we already talked about so it's true you had to reiterate yeah i think we still had to reiterate that um marvel's bad so yeah they gotta admit though watching the recap uh it was nice to see a lot of star trek things in the in the mix of the build so that was i didn't there was a lot of star trek stuff yeah not going to be upset about that. No. Don't get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Next year, this year. Done. Just start. No more, no more tricks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't look for a K station, uh, K7 space station or anything like that, or tribbles or anything like that. Disgusting. You know, don't look for a trident scanner or nothing. Nothing like that. No. You won't find it. You won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, folks. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And computer and, and program. program. <laughs> <laughs> Is there some sort of trouble you're having, computer? Why, yes, Captain. It's Chiribbles. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. I did. We forgot to say that's. One of my favorite lines was Scotty's dad joke at the end, and he's like, "It won't cause them any trouble." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, shut up, shut up." See you guys. Bye. Check for any messages. Oh yes, there is a message here. Uh, let's see from the captain to all crew. Please do the. Outro of the oh okay yes take time on my busy doctor schedule here to record a couple things oh hello Dr. Stephen House Chief Medical Officer aboard the USS Drake just wanted to record a few reminders for you guys so here we go the retrack review is a Daystrom Holodeck podcast it's produced in association with the Plastic Underground Props, hosted by Caleb Stoddard and Will Wilbur, edited by Will Wilbur. Our outro song is by Kaylee Joy Rookledge. Our theme song is by Samo Studios. And our outro song is by Tommy T. The title card art was created by Caleb Stoddard. Trophy art was created by Adrian Wilbur from Love by the Letters. The synopsis and written plot provided by memoryalpha.fandom.com Star Trek is created by Gene Roddenberry and all official clips and pictures are owned by Paramount Pictures you can follow us at the Plastic Underground Props and the Daystrom Holodeck on Instagram and YouTube so that is it that is all I had to say and uh, uh what was that don't touch that